Welcome back to Leadership Stuff. This is Bishop Tim Daly, and we are glad to have you with us today. This podcast is dedicated to our pastors, ministers, and emerging leaders at Life Connection Church and Life Connection Ministry International Network. The goal of this podcast is to bring encouragement, insight, and spiritual support to those who are serving faithfully on the front lines of ministry. We started this as a means for us to stay better connected with our leadership and as a tool for ongoing discipleship. With over 40 congregations in various countries, it's difficult for us to get together face-to-face to support and encourage each other. So it is our prayer that this podcast will be a blessing and a means for each of our leaders to feel better connected to the family. We also pray that this will be a blessing to any leader who happens to tune into these podcasts. I encourage you to subscribe to the podcast and listen to each episode as it is released. I also want to encourage you to visit our website at lcminetwork.com so you can listen to our different video devotionals and teachings. You can pick up available material and you can stay informed with our upcoming events. Now, this is our third episode of Leadership Stuff, and it is part two of an interview that I did with my oldest son, Pastor Ben Daly. Pastor Ben is the pastor of a multi-congregational church in Dallas, Texas. He's married to his beautiful wife, Kim, and they have two kids that are serving alongside of them in the ministry. You can learn more about Ben, the books he has written, and the church he pastors by going to his website at bendaily.com or the Calvary Church website at calvarychurch.cc. Now, if you did not catch the first episode of this interview, I want to encourage you to go back and listen to part one before you go any further with this episode. In part one, I asked Pastor Ben some important questions, and every leader needs to hear his response. So I'm going to release the pause button and pick up where we left off on part one of our interview. Like us, Uh, at LCC, most of our leaders are raised up inside the house. 90-some percent of them are are pastors and ministers in the house. We've adopted some churches in. Now, you're kind of going to that place now. You're you're adopting some and bringing some into the Calvary uh, family and uh, becoming Calvary churches. So a question I have is... What about these pastors? Because they haven't been in the house with you as you developed all of these congregations in, in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, incredible leaders and churches there. And I, I watched your leaders serve along, serve with you, drive you, help you, uh, just like you did originally. You, you just followed Pastor George around in those early days and, and did everything he told you to do. So... 
How did you, in this first church you now have in North Carolina, is that where it is? North Carolina? How did you begin to build that kind of a trusting relationship and know? What, what did you look for in him as you were uh, getting ready to uh, and deciding whether or not they would come in to be a part of your organization? Because that's an, that's an issue now we have as we have a network of churches but also others wanting to now not just be a network church, but a LCC church. So how, what, what kind of a, maybe one thing that you did there? Well, this goes back to culture and, um, you know, words frame culture. Every word you speak has benefits and baggage. So the language you choose is what defines your church's culture in the minds of the people that we lead and serve. And at Calvary, we know that culture, it's invisible, but it is determinative. You can't see it but it defines so much and it either happens by default or design. And uh, usually if it's by default, it's a very toxic culture. We were very strategic in creating the design of our culture. Alignment matters. Attunement matters. Alignment is us aligning ourselves with our vision, our values, our culture. Attunement that's more heart, hearts aligned. You can have everything lined up, but someone's heart is off. So alignment and attunement really matter. But when it comes to these things, aligning around a culture, a specific culture, a specific language, specific values, we were very strategic before we stepped out in this area to create some things. We call it a culture guide. And really, not only does it keep us aligned, but it also shows us when there is no alignment. So just because a church, I have multiple churches that want to be a part of Calvary, but I can tell you right out the gate, it's not going to work if you don't align, let's say with our message. Yeah. Our message is de declaring to demonstrate the gospel. Well, every church says they preach the gospel, but I don't know about that. So that's a big deal to us. Uh, you may want to be a part of Calvary, but if you don't believe in diversity, uh, it's not going to happen. You, you may want to be a part of Calvary, but if you don't align with one of our values when it comes to uh, creating a belonging culture where you belong even before you believe or behave, that's scary for some people, but that's our values. That's what make us who we are. Um, excellence is a big deal to me. That's one of our values, that we reject complacency and always bring our best in honoring God and inspiring people. So excellence in the smallest of tasks. I don't care if it's someone moving a cone in the parking lot or, um, you know, someone passing out a worship guide in a, in a worship experience. We believe if something is worth doing, it's worth doing it well. Well, many, many churches, they don't believe in excellence. You can tell by driving onto the parking lot. But what's my point? Creating this culture guide has helped us in even recognizing churches potentially that we could bring in because there's an alignment that's already there. Most people don't have a guide to even align them. They're going 250 different directions at one time. They don't even know where they're going, let alone bringing others in. So this helped clarify who we can marry uh, because that's really what it is when you bring in another congregation. You're marrying who we can marry. And I'll tell you right now, I've said no far more 
then I've said yes. And um, I think that's a big lesson right there that I would give your leaders as well. I mean, many times your no is uh, a whole lot better than your yes because uh, when it comes to bringing in outside churches and people and leaders and new leaders and people you're bringing on, sometimes no, we're not going to move forward yet. We want to walk with you or no, this isn't a good fit. I, I'll tell you, it may be hard to say no on the front end, but wait a few years when you got to deal with more issues. That's a that's a whole nother story. It's a whole lot easier to say no early about giving someone a microphone than it is taking a microphone two years later or three years later. Um, but again, that whole idea of our culture and the guide that creates our culture, even down to the language that we use. So so some churches, we're a fit. We can tell. We, we line up in a lot of areas. Um, other other. Churches, I've said, no, we don't line up. But this has really helped us now in beginning to move forward with the question you've asked, how are we creating our, our congregations and marrying other congregations and creating this network? I really agree with you that, uh, boy, you have to know them, and it takes a process, it takes time, and you can, you're right, you can have some bad marriages, and it may look good because you're growing so fast, but you may end up with a world of problems that end up distracting you and also can end up dividing you and ultimately end up, end up destroying you. So I think it's really important. One last question. Uh, we could go on and on. I, I would love to do about 20 of these. But I, I just one thing to close out, and guys and gals, I hope that you're learning a lot from this. It's been such a blessing to have been here. We're at our daily uh, brothers and men's reunion that we have yearly, and so I grabbed him when I could. But as, as we close this out, what word of wisdom would you leave with our pastors as they face the challenges and the victories of pastoring and leading a congregation? Some of these guys... You know, it's it's a challenge. It's so difficult. They're in tough communities. They're and in those early stages, especially as planning a church, you know what it's like for getting a building, dealing with all of the uh, cities and different things. And it's, it's worldwide. And sometimes opposition from religious organizations that don't want you in their city. So what what one specific word of wisdom would you leave with these guys and uh, to encourage them as we close this out and as they go forward in their ministries? Well, if it's okay, I'm going to make a shameless plug right here. And I would encourage every one of you to order my book, Limitless, The Life You Were Meant to Live. And, um, you know, Dad, I'll tell you, I, I struggled for many, many years personally with what I call functional gospel amnesia meaning this i forgot the gospel that i preached to everybody else i didn't even believe the gospel i preached to everybody else i didn't even know the gospel i preached to everybody else i wasn't 100 percent sure that i was 100 percent forgiven i suffered from performance anxiety there are many many pastors let me tell you something the most wore out people i've ever met are pastors struggling with performance anxiety. That was me. I was self-conscious. A whole lot of pastors are self-conscious. 
I spoke the faithless language of lack and longing. And I'm pastoring. Um, I thought the gospel, I thought grace was just for sinners. I didn't realize that it was for me too. Um, and then I fell into that horrible trap of treating people like resources. And this is all the things that happen when you don't know the gospel. I even treated my wife and children like resources. And um, if there's one piece of advice that I could give to your pastors, it's this. And I think it's the most important. And you need to stay right here. See, so many times I hear people say, well, let's, when are we going to move on to deeper things? Pastor, when are you going to move on to deeper things? I have to tell them I'm kind of a one-trick pony. I only have one message. It's the gospel. Well, isn't the gospel just the diving board into the pool of Christianity and we go on to deeper things? No, the gospel is not the diving board. The gospel is the pool. We're going to spend our lives. Matter of fact, we're going to spend eternity in this pool. And you'll never find the bottom You'll never find the side. You'll never find the top. You might as well just enjoy it. And, uh, and, and if there's one piece of advice that I could give pastors, stay right here. Stay right here. And it's this piece of advice. The Father is pleased with you. Period. Listen to what I just said. The Father is pleased with you. Period. He's already pleased with you. Irrespective of what you do or don't achieve with your ministry. Oh, listen to that. I think about what the father said over his son. And by the way, this is the father speaking to you because Jesus didn't simply come for you. He came as you and him. You lived and moved and had your being. So when the father said, this is my son in Luke three, you are my beloved son, and I am pleased with you. That is the father speaking to you. Think about that. The father was delighted with Jesus before. Now listen, before he ever began his ministry, before he ever worked a miracle, before he ever taught the multitude, before he ever paid the ultimate price on the cross. Listen, this is an encounter with the unconditional acceptance and love of the father that every pastor every leader needs to experience or else the basis of their ministry if you don't get this that he's pleased with you the basis of your ministry will always be to try to please god please people or both how you feel about yourself as a leader will ultimately impact what you pour out on others and how you feel about yourself needs to line up with how God already feels about you. That's what the gospel is. I don't mean to mess with you today, but some of you think you're not enough because you're saying, I, I, I don't know a lot about God. Do you know what the gospel is? It's not what you know about God. It's you knowing what God knows about you. And how you feel about yourself needs to line up with how God feels about you. And your success is not based on numbers, the size of your building, 
Instagram followers, the size of your church, the square footage of your building, how many social media followers you have, how many people you baptize this year, how many miracles you work. Listen to me. The Father is already pleased with you and loves you now just as you are, even before you go out and do anything else. Let me tell you something. I led for many years not out of uh, 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 this understanding, but now I lead not out of a need to please the father because he's already pleased with me, but I lead out of my secure calling to be the leader. I know he's called me to be. So here's a truth that I teach our team with that understanding. And I just, I speak this over your leaders. You don't have to do this. If he's already pleased with me and it has nothing to do with what I do or don't do, then I no longer have to struggle every day with me having to, I don't have to do this. I get to do this. Yeah. I get to do this. Listen, affirmation comes before performance. We perform now from not for, yeah. we perform from <laughs> not for. So I'm not performing for anything. Today, what I do, it comes from a secure place. And now I make no apology about needing God's love. And listen, leadership can be traumatic. Matter of fact, a whole lot of times it is traumatic. And without frequent encounters with the love of God, I do not think I would have made it this far. Leaders who aren't regularly experiencing God's love, they, they're not going to have much to give. Their churches they're not going to have much to give their wife. They're not going to have much to give their children other than what? Listen, people that don't know the love of God, all they can give their churches is, is regurgitated principles, points, and Bible verses. And we aren't called to give, give points. We're called to introduce people to a person. And Jesus was so full of love and was so secure in the Father's love that it poured out of him. I, I would simply say this. The father's pleased with you, period. And from that place, I would tell every one of your leaders, stay right there. Stay secure right there. You're loved today. And I want you to be that full. I want you to be that secure. Today, you love, leader, because you've been loved. You love those people because you are loved. So, so I would say to your leaders, make time to receive that love every day it's going to determine every area of their life how they lead that is one of the reasons why i do every week a thing called gospel circle where i spend two hours with my leaders and directors and all we do is go back to the gospel back to the love of god back to what this is about because i've realized for years in church oh we'd sit around and have meetings but we didn't even know why we did what we did we knew we had to plan what we had to do but we didn't even know why we did it so we were doing, 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 and that's how a lot of ministries smell like. It smells like doo-doo, doo-doo-doo. We do, 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 do. But we have no understanding that it's already done. That today we do what we do from a revelation that it is done. And I'm sorry, you are loved by God, whether this week you have record numbers, record giving, or what if you have a week where the numbers fall to the bottom and you feel like a, a total failure and, and, 
and want to quit. Well, I'll tell you this. If you know today you're loved by God, you may have an up, you may have a down. But guess what? If you're that secure in his love, it doesn't matter what's up or down. You can walk with confidence and security and you will accomplish great things for God from that place. Thank you, Ben. You know, the Bible says in Hebrews 3.13, but encourage one another daily as long as it is called today so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. If this didn't encourage you today, I don't know what will. So pastors, ministers, leaders, be encouraged today. First of all, lastly, what he said, you're loved, and you need to embrace that, and you need to realize that your success is not based upon all these man-made standards. Uh, it's in the cross. Christ has already paid for it for you, and you are already on the winning side. Hallelujah. So let me pray for you. Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for this word that we've been given and blessed by our interview with Pastor Ben. We pray that we'll take to heart these things, that it'll encourage us, give us some spiritual insights and wisdoms that will help us in our ministries to grow uh, more closer to you and, Lord, be connected to you first and foremost, and then it'll help us in our ministries, Lord. We thank you for those that are out there serving day in and day out. Guide them, Lord. Those are going through struggles now at families and churches. Lord, just really work in their hearts and bring encouragement to them. Give our leaders wisdom and uh, fill them with your spirit. Anoint them with your power to move forward in the days ahead, to touch their communities with the gospel of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, and we love you. Thank you for this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, this is Bishop Tim Daly. I love you, and I look forward to talking to you again soon. God bless.